Welcome to Church in the Basement, where we seek to see God more clearly and to live a life loving God and loving others. Hello, everyone. What a beautiful Tuesday it is. The sun is shining. I noticed as I glance out my window and even when I was on my back deck earlier, I'm seeing that both my neighbors are outside, I I believe currently outside at a patio table doing some form of work in the sunshine because it is a good day for it. I know a lot of us take D3 supplements, but go outside and get, get some naturally today. And I think it's comforting, not just because the sun is warm and most people feel energized. It's, it's like a chemical thing that we feel energized by the sun and its rays, but it's one of those things that is constant, right? The sun will still shine. At one point I lived in Portland and sometimes it feels like when you live in a place like Portland or I guess Seattle too, is the sun ever going to shine again? But it will, it will come out, it will shine and we, it's important to cling to those constants. Because I think the question on everybody's mind right now is, how do we get back to normal? Or what is the new normal going to be? And there's a lot of stir about, hey, we're going to come out as a country, as a culture, as a world. The other side of this changed in some way. So what is the new normal? And I think This really encapsulates what I have been pondering and meditating on and thinking about even before this whole thing blew up and happened and this wild situation that we're in. This comes, this is a quote that comes from Dave Hollis, who is formerly a Disney guy who was a part of the release of, you know, like Star Wars and the Avengers and Frozen, Beauty and the Beast, so a big-time Disney guy. And he's actually peeled away from Disney to help people succeed in life. And he wrote a book, Get Out of Your Way, Get Get Out of Your Way, I think is the book. Look it up, Dave Hollis. Um, I haven't read the book, but this is a great quote that m- my wife, Kim, showed me today that really holds this whole idea together. In the rush to return to normal, use this time to consider which parts of normal are worth rushing back to. I'm going to say that one more time. In the rush to return to normal, use this time to consider which parts of normal are worth rushing back to. I think a lot of us, even before this, were a little bit in a grind. And I know some of you who I am close to have sort of seen, man, this is the life that sort of fell into my lap or that I I fell into and just sort of the way my life went. And maybe you aren't 100% satisfied with it, that you're just doing it to do it. And I know there's an element of getting by in life. You have to provide for yourself. You ha- If you have a family, you have to provide for your family. And, and sometimes jobs just don't come as easily as we want them to. Careers, dreams, they don't come as easily as we want them to. But I'm actually in the middle of a book by John Mark Comer, who I, I love his stuff. We've been listening to his Bridgetown Daily Podcasts, 
and from his church. I think his perspective on life and the Bible is really amazing and refreshing to me and very helpful to me. And I read his book, The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry. I, I highly recommend it. Then I was talking to my dad on the phone and and he said, yeah, but have you read his other book? And it's called Garden City. I'm I think quite a ways into it. I'm listening to it on audio, but the whole concept of the book is the idea that we in the garden were set up to work, that that amazing scripture about how man and and woman were created in Genesis 1 verse 26, where it says we were made in God's image, both male and female. He created us to bear his image. And I've even heard Tim Mackey from the Bible Project talk about, man, like in a sense, we are idols of God. We are images of God. It's the same Hebrew word there that he, in just like he says, don't make any graven images of a God that you put before me. He made us as images of him. He's the one who is capable of doing that and making images of him. And I know a lot of us don't see ourselves as that epic, that our identity isn't, wow, I bear God's image. But it's there in scripture that he created us to bear his image. And it goes on to say, be fruitful and multiply. And I've talked about this before in that it's not just to multiply, to create more warm bodies. We're not rabbits. We are are created to multiply the image of God, multiply the worship of God, and thus glorify him by his image being spread. It also says in that scripture to fill the earth and subdue it. And the whole concept of John Mark's book is Garden City is about in that word we see fill the earth and subdue it, which means the earth needed to be subdued in some way that we were called to work the earth, that there was some form of disorder that God created so that we would be a part of ordering it. And in that mission, we are all called to some form of work. I highly recommend this book thus far, uh, as far as I am into it, but it's been on my mind a lot lately because in the book, John Mark says this thing. He says, if money wasn't an object, and you could do anything, what would you do? And he plays into the thought like, yeah, I know a lot of you would be on a beach somewhere. You would be on a beach somewhere, you know, sipping a fruity drink or whatever. But after that, after you get bored of that, what would you do? What would your life be about? What would you be working? And with this whole COVID-19 pandemic, as we're at home, we're trying to practice social distancing, we have a headspace and a heart space, a little bit of a space to ponder these things. A lot of us, our work has been put on pause. A lot of us, our schedules have been cleared for those of us with kids. I know it's become a little bit more complex in the way that we get work done if we're still working from home. But in this time, what better time to ponder what would we be doing with our life if money was not an object? If money wasn't an issue, what would we be doing? And the encouragement through this book that I've seen thus far is, is this idea that, hey, let's work as close 
to that as humanly possible because God created you with a specific set of skills. He gave you this detailed journey that, that you have gone on from birth till now, and he's crafted you in such a way to have that passion and that drive to subdue the earth in that specific way. And for a lot of us, it might not look like a career path. Look at the Apostle Paul, for example, right? He was a tent maker. That's what he did on the side. We see mention of him and Priscilla and Aquila, who were missionaries as well. They made tents for a living, but what he did was he brought the gospel to, he was a church planter. So he brought the gospel, well, and a missionary. So he was a church planter and a missionary. He would go to different regions, share the gospel. Churches would sprout because people knew the truth, right? What we've talked about in Acts 2, 42 through 47 would happen naturally because that's what the church does. When people, when a large group of people hear the gospel, they come together and they support one another and they operate out of the love that Christ has given them, right? So he would travel around and he would share the gospel. Acts 2, 42 through 47 would happen. There's a lot of complexity to that. And so he would help guide those churches into sort of a foundational state, and then he would empower someone to lead the rest of the way and he'd move on, right? So this is sort of the pattern in which he lived. It was what he lived for. It was the way he subdued the earth. It was the way he subdued the earth. And we are all called to work in some way, to subdue in some way. And I want to ask the question, how have you been specifically crafted to subdue this earth, to bring some sort of order to the chaos that is here in the world? And how does that link into the mission of God, right? How does that bring glory to him? How does that draw people to his name and, in a sense, shine the light of Jesus through that work, through that form of subduing the earth. And let's keep in mind, since it's on our mind, the Sermon on the Mount, we, we were just there on Friday, right? So in chapter 6, verse 19, right before he starts talking about anxiety in this great sermon, which I heard Tim Mackey in a sermon I was listening to recently, he was talking about politics, brave man for to stand up and talk about politics and the early church. He was talking about how this Sermon of the Mount is really talking about the kingdom. It's, it's a political statement about what the kingdom of heaven, what his kingdom looks like. And one of the things he says in Matthew 6, 19 What Jesus says is, do not lay up for yourself treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. So God has placed in you a heart and a passion for certain things, for specific things, these things that make your heart sing. And I think a lot of times we settle for the job that works. And I know a lot of us are in a position where we have to do that. We have to provide in some way, shape, or form. 
I had talked to you about Dave Ramsey's his resources that he's giving away super cheap. And one of the things that I've heard Dave Ramsey say at some point is in in budgeting, you take what you are receiving in and you manage it in a way where you're going to live within those means, right? And I think a lot of times we shoot for the sky and we're like, I have to make X amount of dollars to make life work. But if we shot for, this is the way I'm going to subdue the earth because this is what God is calling me to. This is the way he crafted me and created me. I'm going to start there. This is how much I can make doing this. Or this is, in doing this, this is a career that I can do alongside of that, that will support that work. And then let's budget our lives from there. This, and, and rather than structuring our lives based off of what we can get, let's structure our lives based off of what we're called to do. I hope that all makes sense. And I just want to throw that out there today, that in the next few days, would you ponder that question? Would you sit in your moments of silence and solitude with the Lord and ask him in this time that really life in general has been shaken up and it's not normal right now? Before we return to the normal, like Dave Hollis said, before we return to whether it's a new normal or the normal that was before, let's ask God what what is the normal that you created me to be in? What is the normal that you have crafted me to live and breathe your life, your love into this world, to subdue it in the way that you have crafted me to subdue it? Would you ask God that question? How did you create me to subdue? How did you create me to work? And maybe some I guess some practical things you could do is write down some of your strengths, write down some of your passions, just pull out a piece of paper or heck, we all have phones, the notes section of your cell phone and start writing down some strengths that you have. If you are struggling, if you struggle with self self-confidence and insecurity, ask some people you love, Hey, what are some strengths of mine? What have you noticed are some things that I love and am passionate about? Because I know a lot of us don't have a huge, like a a great and healthy self-image. So if you need help, ask for help. If you really struggle to come up with those things, I would ask somebody else for help. What are some strengths? What are some passions that I have? And help that direct your conversation with the Holy Spirit in what is the new normal going to look like? Because who better to ask than the one who created you? the one who has crafted your story. I love how in Psalms 139, it says that God has written out our days before they have even come to pass. He's got this beautiful story that he is writing in your lives and we get to be a part of it. Characters in his story, a God who loves us, a God who created us, and a God who purposed us. Let's ponder what it looks like to walk in that purpose. Let's take the time to do that. I love you guys. Hey, you have a great Tuesday. Get outside, enjoy the sun, and we'll talk again on Friday.